Welcome to Flip the Script, the show where we talk about all your favorite adapted films and where they got their start. Before we begin, I'd like to remind you that the following episode will spoil important plot points from the movie and its original source. I'm your host, Kim Labick, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, my name's Tony Tran, and I am a guest speaker on this really cool podcast. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. Welcome, Tawny, to your first episode on the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. Anytime, man. Uh, today, Tawny and I are going to be talking about The Haunted Mansion. Obviously, the movie and the ride. That's kind of all that we have for that so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start with a little bit of background, and then we'll get into our favorite quote, favorite moment, as we always do. Let's do it. So, for anybody who doesn't know, The Haunted Mansion is shockingly based on a disneyland attraction who would have thought <laughs> so the disneyland attraction came out or like you know premiered opened up in 1969 wow i didn't even write it in my notes 1960 something so <laughs> opened up in 1960 something a little bit after the actual disneyland opened and the the film came out in 2003 starring Good old Eddie Murphy and a couple of other familiar faces. Good old Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Eddie Murphy. I'm so glad that he got to, like, main star in this. He did a great job. I think so, too. And he just, I don't know, he just, I think he had such an appreciation for it. And I think that's, he was just super interested in the role. And that's basically why he did it. You know, it wasn't like... You know, it's just someone that you just do a side project with. It just, you really, I think, had a passion for it. And I think he did a fantastic job. <laughs> Hell yeah. So a quick little summary of the film uh, for people who either haven't seen it or like it's been a minute since you've seen it. Totally fine. It's on Disney Plus, though. Definitely go check it out. The story is like, so Eddie Murphy has a wife and two kids. And the situation is him and his wife own like a realtor business or um Oh, God. Real Realtor? Realty? Is I that think the they're real estate agents. Real estate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the same. So they own like this real estate business and uh, the wife gets called by some spooky, mysterious voice who's like, you need to come and sell this house and we need you for certain reasons. Uh, and that sets up this whole thing. And him or her and her husband are like, yeah, let's go check it out. Like, oh, we were going to have a cool weekend because you're a workaholic. But I mean, I guess we'll just go check out this house real quick. They do. It's haunted. Things happen. Surprise, surprise. They're not really there for real estate. They're there because the owner of the house, Gracie, Mr. Gracie or mm -hmm. Master Gracie. Yeah, something like that. His like long lost, tragically long lost lover happens to look exactly like Sarah, the wife. So he's like, oh my God, it's my long lost lover in reincarnated. I have to be with her. <laughs> God, it's a good time. It really, I was, so again, I watched it this morning again after like a few years since the last time I saw it and I forgot how good it was. Like I always, in my mind, I remember it and be like, oh yeah, that's a classic fun Disney movie. But as I was watching it, I was like, damn, this was really good for 2003. Yeah, it's, it's, it holds up pretty well after what? 13 years i don't remember how yeah that's that's a long time 17 years i don't know i can't do math um but it, it holds <laughs> up for 2003 i'm still amazed by the effects even though you know it's disney and it's based off the ride but mm -hmm. it's it's a good time absolutely and the ride is a good time and 
For a little quick background on the ride, I'm no Disney expert. I have a lot of friends who are definitely more Disney experts, which Tawny, I would consider one of them. <laughs> so this is why you're here. Yeah. Um, but just for like the little background that I know. So Walt Disney was originally inspired by the Winchester House in San Jose, as far as like the design of the mansion. Because originally when they were thinking about the whole attraction, him and the the Imagineer team were like, oh, we're going to have this cool like rundown place. And that's going to be like old and spooky. Uh, but he didn't really want that. He didn't want anything that was like rundown and grungy looking. So he saw the Winchester House in San Jose, California, with all of its like grandeur and mystery. And that was kind of the inspiration visually for what we now know as the Haunted Mansion. And the story kind of changed um, and still is changing. Like, that's the thing about Disney is, you know, they're always going to, like, develop their attractions and kind of change them. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to finish that sentence. It's a long <laughs> run-on sentence, but, you know. Yeah, I know it took, like, almost a decade for it to open because I think they started production on it in, like, early 60s. And then it didn't come out till like, late. 60s so it almost took them a decade to just even you know conceptualize it and i think that the ride um was was built up like the outside facade of it and you know if i was a disney goer and i would just see that for 10 years like wondering what that was you know it's <laughs> it's just i think that happened quite a lot actually with disneyland there would just be structures that would be built up but they would never really be finished. But I know it took a long time for them to actually open it up, which is really interesting because I think the narration of it changed, like you said, how they wanted to make it into like a museum walkthrough kind of thing. Kind of like a Ripley's Believe It or Not walkthrough, but like mm -hmm. with basic spooky, scary oddities and stuff like that. And um, I don't, I think this was one of the rides that Walt Disney wasn't super involved in. You know, so it's, just, it's interesting to look at the history behind it, and it just took so long to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we should talk about that for a minute, because as you mentioned, the the whole museum concept, wasn't there, like, originally this whole idea that the, the mansion would lead into, like, this museum of the weird? Mm hmm Which kind of like what you're talking about, like, with all the oddities and, like, strange things. Yeah. But that didn't happen. No. Why didn't that happen? That would have been fun. I know. It would have been interesting to look at i probably should have researched that beforehand but that's okay <laughs> i want to assume that they've had so many people's hands in it because disney's famous for having you know all of these creators in part of the process and then they'll leave mm -hmm. to do other things different passions and stuff so some things i think were never completed it's just a very famous habit of disneyland where they'll have creators and then the creators will leave <laughs> yeah and uh, they'll have new creators on and you know there's not really a consistent flow of production i think at least that's what i've seen it's just a common pattern i think with um developing disney stuff and uh yeah i'm not really sure when the narrative changed to a haunted mansion that must have been like a couple years right before it opened um obviously because they had to design it and um what i love about this riot is it's just ever-changing mm -hmm. like a lot of the attractions in disney but specifically this one and I don't know the reason behind it. I think that's just the way Disney is. And it's super interesting to always go on that ride. And there's something new every time. Oh, yeah. And, this, you know, if you're a freak like me who goes, like, every other <laughs> week and or something like that, you, you you begin to notice all these different changes that they make or revisions. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely. And there's kind of on that note, the last time that I went 
to the ride, the Haunted Mansion. It was, what, like last year or a year before? I think two years ago. My family and I, we went to Disneyland to visit for like a couple days. And we just so happened to go around the time that they switched over from Halloween to Christmas, Mm. like right at that split. So we got to see, you know, Halloween themed Disneyland. And then the next day it was Christmas themed Disneyland, which was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. And we, we went on the Haunted Mansion ride when it was Halloween themed. And it was so weird because I had, I didn't know that they like change it to be Nightmare Before Christmas, but they changed it. They rethemed all of the animatronics. They mm-hmm. rethemed all the animatronics and, you know, a lot of like the decorations and like some of the sound effects and all that to be the Nightmare Before Christmas themed, which was so, so cool. But at the same time, as I was going through it, I was kind of worried because I didn't know that they just like change it yeah. for the season. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, did they... Did they change it forever? Is it never going to be the Haunted Mansion again? I think a lot of people think that the first time they, you know, they'll go on the Haunted Mansion ride. And then I think late September, like literally September to October or something, they switch it. Like literally within a day or something. It's like, it's it's literal magic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, it's what a genius way to get more people to come because <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas is so beloved you know mm-hmm. um came out when we were born 1993 right uh 1993 90, 94 actually I just recorded an episode about that um with my friend Anna yeah you did so that will come out also in October Sick. also with this episode oh I love it <laughs> but yeah that's that's a whole other like oh my god it's it's incredible every time um and they change stuff for that every year too you know uh it's it's incredible how they can just flip flop everything in like a couple days. It's it's incredible. I mean, yeah, just or even in even in a couple of hours. Because again, when I was there and they did that switch, you know, my sister and I particularly we stayed until very very late in the day. You know, as late as Disney is open. Yeah, and then we went bright and early the next day, and it was all changed over. And it's like it, it exactly what you're saying. It's it's like magic. The ability for them to change everything over seasonally so quickly in the in few hours that like people are sleeping yeah yeah and not even just the interior but the exterior like the castle like covered in snow all of a sudden yeah i love it i mean you don't you don't even have to be in the in the line to see how incredible it looks (laughs) like jack's like right sitting out in the front in a santa outfit and like it's all christmased up and it's freaking gorgeous every time every year that we go it's it 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 never ceases to surprise me so true uh so impressive and there's obviously there's different haunted mansion attractions in the various disney parks around the world Mm -hmm. i would love to know what all those look like and how they're different from the original etc etc yeah for the purpose of simplicity and as far as like the knowledge that tawny and i have on this we're (laughs) just really talking about the California Disneyland one. <laughs> but if you if you have any knowledge about like the Disney World one, I'd love to hear cuz I don't think I don't think I've ever been to the Disney World Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've been to Disney World. I don't think there's too much of a difference. I think a lot of times they'll try to make the same rides different in other places just to spice things up but at the end they'll usually just try to revert it back to how it looks in anaheim because you know that's where all the tourists go so (laughs) Uh, i think to my knowledge it's not that different although it might be different now i haven't been to disney world in i don't know 10 years (laughs) dude when the world opens back up safely yeah we should go Uh, let's take a little 
oh my god trip over there <laughs> yeah you gotta go in october i think when it's not muggy as much <laughs> mm-hmm. true anyways back to yeah back yeah on track. <laughs> <laughs> so i think this is the first yeah this is the first podcast episode where we're talking about an attraction versus the movie mm-hmm. which is a very interesting adaptation and this was not the first disney attraction to be developed into a film and you know what now that i'm thinking about it i know which one was and <laughs> that's gonna be my trivia question to you 30 seconds on the clock tawny which attraction which disney attraction was the first to be adapted into a film there's just so many of them yeah i mean by now they've done like a good chunk um i want to say one of the oldest ones maybe winnie the pooh Ooh, that's a good guess. Or Snow White, probably. Well, no, that's not true. Because Snow White came before. Right, because Snow White was movie before. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say Winnie the Pooh, even though I know that's not right. Um, just because it's it's old. (laughs) That is a good guess. The answer is the Tower of Terror. Oh, that's, Mm -hmm. that's right. Which I feel like that one gets overlooked a lot. I kept thinking about old Disney. I got tricked. (laughs) But you're right. Um, I think that was with a really. I'm trying to think of who the actress was in it. That's that was little in it, and then it's big now. Kirsten Dunst. That's who I'm thinking of. Kirsten Dunst. She's yeah, in that she Tower, was in Tower of Terror. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Let them have cake. Am I right? That was that was pre 2000. Oh wow. That's Back right in the on, old days. Yeah, right on the cusp of where they're, you know, it turns from, like, all these really cheesy movies to even more cheesy 2000 movies. Just a different brand of cheesy. Yeah. Where, like, the production's a little better, but it's still, like, you can kind of see past that. And you know what? Another thing I was thinking as I rewatched The Haunted Mansion this morning, the the CGI, the effects and everything, mm-hmm. they hold up pretty well. To like 2020. I think we we might have mentioned that when we started this conversation. Yeah, it does remind me a lot about a lot of the effects on on the ride, which is one of the cooler things I think about Disneyland is is all their ghost effects. Um, yeah. Which I think is I think it's called Pepper's Ghost or something like that, where they're using plexiglass to just basically reflect the animatronics in a different room into the room that you're watching it's so sick i think that's probably like my favorite part of the ride is the dining room scene because you're seeing all these ghosts and you're like how how are they doing that (laughs) well i mean of course like it could definitely be the animatronics like you're saying but they could also just be real ghosts i mean the ride itself is so infamously haunted like how are we to know that they're not just saving money on the actual like effects and they just have exploiting these ghosts. They, they have contracts with ghosts and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like work for us for twenty years and we'll uh yeah we'll let you go hang out in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, my sister and I <laughs> think that Disneyland makes secret contracts with all kinds of living things, like all the cats that roam around the park. I guess they like actually like feed them and stuff and. Um, we always see, like, bees all around the park, and we're like, I wonder why they're not stinging us. Maybe they have a contract with the bees, and, (laughs) (laughs) like, stupid stuff like that. Like, it's just that magic that you can't explain. Mm -hmm. But anyways, the the effects on the ride are very much similar to what they're putting in the movie, which I appreciate. You know, not really hard to do CG ghosts, but I like that they kind of keep in line with the the ride, because it's just 
again, it's just very beloved. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as far as some of the ghosts and some of the characters mm-hmm. from the ride are brought into the film, which I think was a really... I think, you know, going into knowing that you're making a film based off of the attraction, you should want to do that. You should mm-hmm. want to, like, have some of the familiar faces be in the film. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really glad they did that. And I'm really glad in the way that they did that. Because, like, Madame Leota, uh, oh. or Leoti? Leota? Le- Leo- Leota, I think. Leota, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's in the movie. She has a big part in the movie. Um, but at the same time, the film doesn't center solely around the attraction characters. Because mm-hmm. it would be too something less original i guess whereas the film does it in a really good way of like taking the inspiration taking some of those characters and using them or and having them like kind of in the side like there's uh one of the ones i know there's like this bit in the graveyard in the movie Mm -hmm. there's a bit in the graveyard where one ghost shoots another one in the head yeah and that same bit is in the ride in the dining room scene and like Mm -hmm. the upper upper corner yeah somewhere yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the dining room is it's the shooting. It's like, that's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the whole Madame Leona thing and how they actually like insert her into the movie with purpose and she's just not like a floating head to, you know, predicts things and tells you things and she actually is useful and she's funny. I like her a lot. Um, I can't remember the actress who plays her, but um, yeah, uh, the way they integrated all of that into the movie is, I think, pretty clever without being it too much, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because you can go mm-hmm. overboard with that kind of stuff. Disney with making all their remakes now, and um, <laughs> at, this was very respectful, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Going going on more of the like similarities between the ride and the movie, one of the first things that you notice is the first line spoken to you in the ride and the first line spoken in the film are welcome foolish mortals classic and it's like this instant like you get drawn in you're like yes i'm here this is familiar and i'm ready i know it's kind of like a weird meditative <laughs> thing because you're outside you're having fun at Disneyland, and then you kind of want to go to haunted mansion because it's, it's nice and cool in there but you walk in and it's like curtains drawn voice comes on and you're like oh my god i'm here <laughs> I'm here now. You're let's, in for it. Let's do this. Strapped in. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like going into a different world, which I'm sure is what the intention is. But yeah, really cool experience I had that reminded me of the the voice classic narrator. For the 50th anniversary, uh, they had this spectacular fireworks special where um, they had Julie Andrews narrating, which A, is pretty Aww. awesome. I know. Um, I'll have to link it to you, but um, I would recommend it. It's on YouTube, obviously, but they do an homage to all the rides. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's this part where uh, it comes to the Haunted Mansion, and like there's no fireworks going on, and then you just hear the narrator voice. Um, and you're just like, ooh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And it's the same way when you're getting on the ride. Mm-hmm. And then it'll say, like, Foolish Mortals, and it'll light up around the park, mainly around Main Street, but the fireworks that just light up the park and don't, like, sparkle or whatever, but it's like, ha, oh, you know, kind of thing, and it's just, oh my god, like, it just goes to show how just that voice is just so iconic. Iconic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, there's so much I could talk about the ride. <laughs> yeah. But, um, absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to the beginning of the ride, uh, it's, um, again, it's just amazing. 
can't talk about it enough. (laughs) I think something that is always interesting to talk about relative to Disney is how they do spooky and creepy and horror because, you know, baseline Disney like films and and Disney attractions, they always try and be kid friendly and they always try and be like lighthearted, magical, happy. Yeah. And it's difficult to do that with spooky things. I know there was difficulty it's discussed a little bit we discussed in the nightmare before christmas episode with my friend anna how that movie was made with disney it was like made under disney production yeah and then when they started to see the actual product disney execs were like "Ooh, this is too scary too spooky for our target audience let's go stick it under one of our different distribution branches that makes sense but you know then eventually with the success and how it was like received by kids and by families it became definitely more of like in their brand but then haunted mansion i think the ride and the film both are like a really good medium between spooky and fun without being like scary or without being like too lighthearted. yeah it's they they walk a really thin line and i think they achieve that pretty well um and you know like it is it's hard to do horror without you know, you're trying to create an effect for a certain audience, and it's really hard to do that when there's kids involved. <laughs> right. But, I mean, just the same with making horror films. Uh, you know, there hasn't been, in my opinion, not many good horror films lately. And I don't know what the reason Whoa. behind that is. Yeah, so... Oh, hang on, Tawny. We gotta talk about this. What do you mean, lately? I mean... <laughs> for me, I guess I'm, I'm really picky about my horror. That probably plays a lot into it. But I mean, like... A lot of times they get the audience wrong, and I think that's why a lot of horror films don't aren't as successful as they used to be. Because you know, I, I have friends who will talk for hours on end about <laughs> about horror. But yeah, do you have um, recommendations for horror? Because I feel like I oh haven't. Oh my gosh! Please, yeah. I mean, because I I totally understand what you're saying about the horror genre, uh, and I'm I've always been kind of trying to find my words and how to explain this. But I think in the past ten years. Or so we've seen this really interesting fork in the road with the horror genre. We've seen the one side of horror that's like cheesy slasher, like ridiculous concepts like truth or dare uh, and that kind of stuff. We've seen, you know, it, the horror genre has split deeply into that one side and the other side, which has become much more independent film, much more like art house, much more well-developed storyline horror such as mm-hmm. get out us oh, i love us hereditary midsummer the witch you know yeah. all these ones that have come out recently that really have like updated the horror genre yeah i guess i meant like from 2000 to 2010 i don't think there were that many great horror genres that i can think of any yeah. good movies but like the last like 2010 to to now i did see us recently and that was just fucking incredible <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not usually into into stuff like that, but I, I do love the thriller aspect that's mixed in with horror, where you don't know what's going on, but like you, you really you're really compelled. <laughs> I guess yeah, is the word, yeah. and I think that's what's making them successful. Those movies specifically, because Jordan Peele's a fucking master at drawing you in. And I still need to watch his Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, I haven't gotten to that yet, but he he has this way of just inserting you into this world and like kind of trapping you in it until there's like until there's like a Mm -hmm. some kind of solution that you're kind of okay with but you're also like oh my god like 
all the pieces come together and it makes sense and mm-hmm. oh my god incredible but yeah i mean haunted mansion has the same kind of thing where it traps you for a bit just for a bit like it doesn't even need to be that long <laughs> forever however long the ride is and there's a lot of mystery and intrigue behind all of their multiple characters and yeah, it's just, it's really cool. Like, the you can look up hours and hours of fun facts about Haunted Mansion. I think that's why it's one of the cooler, more interesting rides in the park. And the fact that it is haunted. I, to be honest, I should have looked up more about this. I should have looked up more about, like, the actual ghosts that haunt the Haunted Mansion and, like, the lore behind all that. I know that it's extensive. And I know for anybody who is interested, oh my gosh, you're going to love going down a Google rabbit hole of, like yeah who's who's in the ride you know like who who died first like blah 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 <laughs> is does walt disney wander the grounds himself i know Headless. Um, there is one of the fam- more famous mysteries is that they were finding bullet holes on the ride oh wow i don't know if you know yeah so there is a there's one in like one of the plexiglass there's one in like the dining room um i'll have to send you some links or something because i mean yeah please do it's weird. They don't know where they came from. Um, but I think one of them you can see if you look it up. But uh, they like tried to cover it with like a, a spider decoration or something. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> covering bullet holes with spider stickers. Classic. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one of the cooler things I know about it. I don't know about anything that's actually haunting it. I have to look it up. But um, yeah, you know. Question: If you died and became a ghost. Oh. And you were allowed to hang out in Disney, but you could only hang in one attraction. Where would you go? Space Mountain. Oh my god, sure. yes. Because yes. it's, it's so dark in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a Halloween attraction for that too. Like the, I don't know if you've seen it, it's like called Ghost Galaxy or whatever. And it's like Ooh. this galaxy ghost that's like following you around the track. <laughs> I would definitely be that ghost, just because space is awesome. I have such an appreciation for space. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's so dark in there. Like, you can't see anything. Can you imagine scaring the shit out of everybody that comes in there? Oh my god, that would be incredible. <laughs> Dude, Space Mountain is easily my favorite ride at Disneyland. Oh, it's it's so the most good. fun. Yeah, and I think they changed it into Star Wars now. Oh yeah, it's like a, it's like Hyper Space Mountain. Hyper, yes, yeah. Um, which is easily as cool, you know, equally as cool, but the Ghost Galaxy can be kind of kind of creepy because like you don't really see that much horror when it comes to space, you know, that kind of mixed genre. I don't know. If, have you played Dead Space or Dead Space Two? Nope, not yet. Yeah, that's yeah. You should get into that <laughs> if you're into horror. I never finished Dead Space Two because it's super scary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if I was a ghost, I would probably haunt Space Mountain because you know. That's that that genre hasn't been touched too much, and I think that could really scare the shit out of people. <laughs> you know, love it, dude. Yeah. I can totally see that. <laughs> um, what about you? See, you already said Space Mountain, so I can't like copy Sorry. and steal your. No, 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 it's great. <laughs> see, now I just have to like come up with something like more original. I'm trying to think where where would I want to haunt in Disneyland? Honestly, my first instinct would be Pirates of the Caribbean, but that is also like kind of overdone. I would want to be like, God, I don't even know something unique, like Midway Mania or something. Or what is it? Midway Madness? Yeah, the- Midway <laughs> Midway Mania or something. Yeah, yeah. The the one where you're like, you know, it's like an arcade game ride. And I would just be like, boo, 
in the middle of that. <laughs> it was just like having fun, like over over pulling the trigger to try and get more points. And I'm just like, ha ha, spooked you. Because <laughs> see, the thing would be, my life goal would be to get the highest score in that game ever possible. Oh, hell yeah. And then I would die and then I would haunt it and ensure that nobody broke my score. I'm that competitive. Oh, that's a way better answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, can you imagine messing with, with other people, like, turning <laughs> yeah. the, the, the turnstile? Like, making them hit the wrong target, like, constantly? <laughs> <laughs> like, I jamming their thing so they can't even use it? <laughs> oh, God. Horrible. I love it. Anyways, back to back to Haunted Mansion, though. Uh, a little <laughs> bit about, like, the film. Mm-hmm. One, thing I, one thing that I wanted to talk about that's, like, a difference that is something that is in the film, but I don't think there's any mention of it in the ride. Mm-hmm. So Michael, who is Eddie Murphy's son in the film, he has this, like, fear of spiders. And something that I thought was really cool is that first in the whole fear of spiders story, Eddie Murphy is, like, trying to teach him to be brave and just, like, suck it up and kill the spider. And he's like, I don't want to kill the spider. And, like, his sister comes in and just smacks it. And she's like, what? And then Eddie Murphy's like, I was trying to teach him how to be brave. Yeah. It's this really funny moment. Anyways, I love how it pays off in the end during, like, the climax of the film. There's this moment where, like, Eddie Murphy and his daughter are trying to escape the crypt. They're, like, running away from zombies. Yeah. And they get, like, locked in, and Michael's the only one who can save them because he has to, like, open the door from the other side. Mm -hmm. But it happens to be covered in spiders. It's this really great moment because we get back to, like, the father-son teaching kind of moment, and Eddie Murphy is telling him, he's saying, he's like... Everybody gets scared sometimes. It's okay. You just can't let it stop you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. that's a really good moment. And I like that it's not just focused on, you know, the owner of the house or Eddie Murphy. You know, there's all these different character arcs in this movie. And I think that's what makes it successful. And, you know, I mean, a lot of movies will overlook a lot of these characters. And that's just a simple but powerful moment. I agree with you mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love about it is this great moment where we're turning that lesson less into like just don't be afraid and more into like it's okay to be afraid but you do have to like move on and i think you could also just like at large apply that to the haunted mansion ride because if you're a kid and like you could be scared of some of these things still even though disney like we said does a really great job of like mellowing it down making it more fun yeah i think it's a great just like lesson in life (laughs) to be like it's okay to be afraid like being brave doesn't mean you're not afraid because everybody's afraid of something. It's all yeah. it, the bravery comes from doing the thing anyways. Yeah. I think a lot of times we think that bravery is like the total absence of fear, but right. it's it's actually you feeling fear and just dealing with it. It's it's there's a wrong misconception of the of the definition itself and I think that's part of the problem. Um, you know, there's a it's a very um patriarchal <laughs> um mm-hmm. thing, thing to teach because you know it's like a father and son thing but it it applies to everybody you know like you said and um so i think i agree it's one of the smaller parts of the movie that i, I really appreciate um yeah that's also something that i hope when they remake the film which they will it's disney yeah right um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hope when they remake the film they keep that sentiment in there and they keep that lesson and they really drive it home because i think mm-hmm. it's important now more than ever uh yeah i've been seeing a lot of posts specifically on social media about people being brave to show their disabilities um Mm -hmm. because i because i think a lot of times with social media we're just so afraid to show authentic selves we're just we're so used to 
um, hiding behind filters and all these different angles and, you know, it, we're so shaped by the feed that we see. But I'm seeing all these disabled um, individuals that are sharing their stories. Um, and I think that's incredible, like, to just show your face <laughs> and show what kind of situation you're in because we need to normalize that. Yeah. Yeah, there's this one girl I saw who both of her legs were, you know, amputated below the knee, but she's showing mm -hmm. how she's putting on her, what's it called? Oh, like, uh, like prosthetics? Yeah, she's showing how to put on her prosthetics and, like, even just something like that, you know, it's super brave of them to do that and i think we need to normalize that kind of on that topic and like a spooky topic it would be really interesting if there was a a horror film centered around like a disabled ghost because mm -hmm. you know kind of like what you're talking about uh disability is so invisible in culture and in media and that yeah. just creates this whole cycle of like people with disabilities are not seen then we don't adapt to like allow them space and like help right. them you know achieve everything that they can achieve yeah. so it'd be really cool if there was like a ghost because it would be this really great metaphor for the invisibility of yes disability yes. and then you know could have a really good lesson out of that representation matters and even Absolutely. to not just with the whole racial issue it's 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 about stuff we can't see like um you know autism is a big one um, mm -hmm. i'm seeing a lot more autistic characters and that's that's freaking beautiful. I think um, there's a kid show called Bluey, and I think the the kid main kid on that is autistic. And, nice. Um, you know, stuff like that is is it matters. You know, and we don't see that very often. Um, American Horror Story did that with season two and three, I think, with the um, the actress who I think is has Down syndrome. But stuff like that, like that's that's really cool to see. You know, and mm -hmm. again, I think we just need to shed some more light on that. But a disabled ghost would be really funny, but also like really cool and like super relatable. I think for for those that feel under underrepresented in um, in media and film and social media, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. a lot of the characters in Haunted Mansion um, have their own little thing. I think doesn't the um, the mother have like not like identity issue, but she's just kind of like. You know, I think they, they shy away from really turning it into something more. But the whole concept is that she looks like this guy's, like, ex-lover. And then in the end, there's this moment where she kind of, like, turns into being, like, possessed by the ghost of the ex-lover. And Oh, yeah. But I think yeah. it would definitely be more interesting if they approached that from an identity. What's the yeah. word? God, I can't speak English today, but you know what? Yeah, kind of okay. exactly what you're talking about. I feel like that would be a way better, more interesting, developed way to go about it is to like talk yeah. about identity. Yeah. I do love um, the owner of the house because he seems real, like a really cool guy aside from trapping them in the house. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and aside yeah. from that moment where he holds a weapon yeah. to yeah. Eddie Murphy and is like, that's yep. my ex lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy's like, mm. No, she's not. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the whole, like, I guess uh, letting them go and stuff like that is, you know, there's always some kind of redemption for, for characters like that, even though they're really crazy and they're uh, haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. This movie is so fun. And you know what? We didn't even, we totally skipped over our favorite quote slash moment from the thing. 
Uh, But I do. I want to mention, at least for me, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Eddie Murphy and his kids are wandering the graveyard at first. uh, And they run into the barbershop quartet busts. And they're like singing and having a good time. And they're just like singing songs. uh, And Eddie Murphy is like trying to ask them questions because he's like, we got to find this key. We got to find my wife. Like, where can we find this? Yeah. Uh, And they just... (laughs) They'll hear one word. They'll hear like key, and then they'll start a song that has like lyrics with the word key in it. Yeah. And then they'll hear like wife, and they'll start like a song with wife lyrics in it. And it just like, it's so funny and it's so good. And it's also just like my brain when I'm trying to focus is just like, oh my god, that word! I know a song like that. Or <laughs> just like totally off topic. Yeah, I, I had you. Well, I still have. I have a. Uh, a habit of quoting from stuff all the time like if i'm reminded of it like i quote from the office all the time yes all the time you know it's 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 not that it's a problem but i'm sure people like (laughs) you know give a double take and they're like what is wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) i definitely think that the the sun facing his fear is probably my favorite part um Mm -hmm. it's just it's so relevant and you know there's a lot of times where you're thrown into the fire or something, and that's just how you learn. Um, and I, I relate to that so much because I, I, I do like learning and growing, but like I'm also really afraid of, of um, not doing things right, or um, I'm doing things wrong, or I'm disappointing somebody. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes the best way you learn is to just be surrounded by fire and hope that, you know, you can make it through it, and most of the time you do. So, um, I just have this, nice. yeah, it's like, it, it's like a crippling anxiety where it tricks you into thinking that you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, also kind of like a branch of, like a branch of perfectionism too. Yes. Cause you know, if you're starting something, you want to already be good at it. And yeah. it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from Parks and Rec is from April when she's telling Andy, like, you know, no one knows what they're doing until they're actually doing it. So, you know, that, that kind of yes. that kind of turns things Love around. It. And it's a lot of just tricking your brain into thinking, you can do this, and it might suck, but you can do this, you know? And a lot of people are going through the same thing you are. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're working on set and you're trying to learn how to AC, or if you're at a retail store and you don't know how to deal with customers, like... It's it's no one knows what they're doing until you're actually doing it, and you know that's just the way everyone learns. And I think a lot of times we forget that people don't just walk into to anything and know one hundred percent how to do it perfectly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. On like a strange, strangely segueing that back to the movie for a minute. Uh huh. Kind of what you're talking about with like the whole learning process and stuff. There's this moment in the haunted mansion where. Again, you know, they're going through the graveyard. They're trying to find stuff. They find uh-huh. a crypt and there's Latin writing on the crypt. And the daughter is like, oh, I know what this means. Blah, 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 blah. She like reads the whole <laughs> sentence. She's like, I studied Latin for three years. She's like 13. Yeah. And she studied Latin for three years. And like, which is cool. I love how that's like a little side note. But I think it's interesting that they just expect in like three years of a language class, like, boom, you can translate anything. You can translate that crypt. Like, you're fine. I took Spanish for six years and I don't remember a lot of it, so. (laughs) Um, Because it's it's a learning curve, right? Like, you don't just, you can't just jump into Latin and expect to know everything. Just the thought of her learning Latin from what? From Rosetta Stone? (laughs) 
<laughs> Where would she? You know, nobody has that available in class. Unless she went to like a private school. Maybe they would have it. I guess. I've never been to a private school. That probably would be. I'm trying to think of like, she's not like a prodigy or in college or or anything like <laughs> that. 13. She was like 10 years old and she's like, you know what I really want to do, dad? I want to learn Latin. That is, that's one driven child. Yeah. You really shouldn't At hold 10 years back. old, I just wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese, so. Yeah. So, oh, 10 years old. 2003? I don't know. Probably just wanted to play on my Nintendo all day. <laughs> there but, is, um, fun fact, there is a Haunted Mansion video game. Uh, there that is? came out. Yeah, I've never played what? it. Um, I think it's probably, like, older. I think it's, like... Guessing on the timeline, it's probably like a PS2 game. Oh, God. Um, because it came out in 2003. Yeah, I, I don't know much about it. It'd be kind of fun to play, though. I know. I'm interested to look up gameplay for that. Because I've been doing that recently where I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that game. And I try to look up gameplay, like all the old Harry Potter games. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, there was that one Harry Potter game that was like the best. I think it was Chamber of Secrets for like yeah. PlayStation 1 one or something like that one or two yeah it might be two i keep trying to like segue this back and like add some haunted mansion in here but for real like there's something that i want to talk about a little bit is there was talks a few years ago of making a new adaptation of the haunted mansion one that would be Mm -hmm. more gory and more horror Uh you know be more scary like actually scare people Mm -hmm. and it was going to be at least like conceptualized by Guillermo del Toro. And I was like, oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah, I I heard about that, and then I didn't hear anything more about it, and I remember feeling disappointed about that, but oh my god, that would be incredible. Like, the way his, his, his brain conceptualizes fantasy and horror is like a whole other level. I mean... I don't know. His his he, the stuff that he brings to the table are like such original elements, but he has such respect, I think, for the genre. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what would you want to see in a new adaptation of the Haunted Mansion? Because, <sighs> you know, as I said, they had talks about this a few years ago, but as of earlier this year, there was confirmation that they are revisiting the idea of a new adaptation. So, what would you want to see in like? A 2021 or 22 new adaptation there's, of the Haunted Mansion. There's a recurring character on the ride that made its appearance, I think, in the last couple of years, and that's the Hatbox Ghost. I want to know what his story is, <laughs> and uh, because there's there's always been some kind of focus on his character. Like he's on the cover of a lot of the Haunted Mansion stuff. For those of you who don't know, the hat box ghost is, um, he's like a traveler who always carries one of those fancy top hat boxes. Um, and his face disappears from his body into the hat box. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's Walt Disney and his seven yeah. hat. Maybe. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was? What if they make this new movie and they're like, guys, we're finally going to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. I never would have made that connection. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's something, um, not attractive, but there's something like that compels me to want to learn about where he started and where he came from, what his lore is. And I think, um, not that Del Toro is going to be a part of it, but I hope he is. But it, with his like added elements of, of lore and his respect for keeping things, you know, original, but he has such respect for all these old, 
all the old lore stuff, like in Pan's Labyrinth with the goat. I can't remember his name. Um, but he just he just has a way of making things super compelling, but stay true to what the original meaning was, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so there's something about the hatbox ghost that I think would be super interesting, because um, he seems to be very prevalent in all of the artwork for Haunted Mansion, so probably something to do with him. That'd be cool, man, to get a little bit more background on him, get the uh, the prequel to the Haunted Mansion <laughs> with the hatbox ghost. Is there something intriguing for you that you would want to see? Ooh. In like, so this is not necessarily about the ride, but more just about like what I would want to see in like a new adaptation of the Haunted Mansion. First of all, I want them to keep the casting diverse because the fact that this was like a, you know, there were not just one black character, there were four black characters, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Technically five with the uh, Elizabeth. But yeah. I want them to keep um I want them to keep it centered around black family. And I like the idea also that I don't know, and I'm white, so maybe this is a terrible idea coming from me. <laughs> I hope not. But I think it would be really interesting to get more into the fact that like the ghosts of that house reflect the time period of that house and the atrocities of that time period. Um yeah relative to race i think it would be very interesting to get more into that and get into how that affects yeah, current really, times and the the living people you know yeah the family. that's a really interesting subject because it is centered around new orleans uh in the park right yeah. so mm-hmm. you know <laughs> no one really knows or we do really know we just choose to ignore it there's a lot of like you said atrocities i think that occurred in that region and still kind of do Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like this weird bubble of things that just stayed in with that culture. And I think it would be interesting to explore. And they did kind of do that in American Horror Story, but it was a lot of white characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even in the 2003 film, like, you know, story wise, yeah. the uh, Master Gracie or Mr. Gracie, God, I. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> the, the owner of the mansion, Gracie, Gracie, whatever his name is. Uh, the whole story is like he, his lover was a a mixed woman, and so like yeah. at the time, you know, because they they don't really get into it. They kind of just talk about like, oh, the love was forbidden. Like that's the most that they say about it. Like their love was yeah. forbidden, and that's why plot twist: the butler poisoned her, and that's why she died, and that's why yeah, the other guy killed himself. But yeah, and I know it's Disney, so I know it's kind of a lot to ask for them to like you know discuss race and like get into yeah. that. But I think just let's get into it now and let's like talk about how, you know, interracial relationships back in those days, that is what would have been forbidden. It wasn't like them loving each other, her being a maid. It was the interracial love that would have been forbidden. And then that's why like, you know, and you can like, we can say it out loud. We can be like the butler, white supremacist butler, bad guy. He was the one who fucked it all up. He was the one who murdered her. And he is the one who now is, like, he's a ghost and he now wants to murder Sarah and, like, ruin this whole family and stuff. We can get more into that. Like, let's just, like, say it. Because I think, again, that story that they have in this film, it's there. It's there. They just don't talk about it. They don't really get into it. But, like, it's 2020, man. Come on. Let's just tear those curtains down, you know. Yeah, they do this thing where they'll, um, 
hint to stuff, and I think recently they've doing a little bit better job at explaining, not stances, but like opening up stories that wouldn't previously be told before. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. That's a really cool portion that needs to be explored. I just think it could it could be so well done, and the only reason why I wouldn't say, like, let's have Jordan Peele do it is because I know he's signed with Universal and Blumhouse, uh-huh. so I think it would be difficult to get him to work on yeah. a Disney project. But... If anybody can make that happen at all, make it happen. At least let him produce it or something. Like, he doesn't have to have mm. director hands on it. Anything he produces is usually, you know, Yeah, just top get notch. him in there, man. He's, yeah. he's so great in the horror genre, and he's so great in being like, let's just stop talking about white people for, like, yeah. a minute and have different stories here, different perspectives, because guess what? There is more than just white people in the world. Oh, newsflash. <laughs> Yeah, newsflash. And I don't know if you know this, but um, white people are kind of the worst. We've done terrible, terrible, terrible things and are still doing <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get me started on... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe, you know what? I wish... I just wish that the Haunted Mansion could be a Blumhouse production now and could be Jordan Peele and could be done to the justice that it should be done, given yeah. the fact of, like... That story that they had in 2003 had so much in it yeah. to be, again, like, more deeply explored and deeply discussed. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> I wish that could happen. It's never going to happen because it's Disney rights and <laughs> you know how they are with their rights. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, in an ideal world, yeah, that would be really incredible or just at least an adaptation that is different, that is based off of a haunted mansion yeah, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, I mean, as much as I like the elements from the ride and it's just, you know, iconic, but I like the idea of a haunted house in general. Definitely. I have a, a couple of fun facts for you while we're here. Since you, you have more of the Disney knowledge of this, you might already kind of know. Um, <laughs> but if you could just like, you know, pretend, be like super shocked, be like, whoa, this is the first time hearing of it. <laughs> so that our audience members who this is the first they're hearing of it, can be like, wow, so relatable. I also am hearing of this for the first time. I I probably don't know as much as you think I do. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's give this one a go. So I found out the original attraction, the original Disneyland attraction, cost about $1 million to make, which, um, according to online sources, adjusting for inflation, it would be about $45 million today, which is so much. Oh, and I was like thinking, I was like, how much... Is that compared to, like, the movie budget? Because I thought I was like that would be interesting to figure yeah. out. And the movie had a budget of ninety million dollars, really, and grossed a hundred and eighty-two million dollars worldwide. So it so it made back its its uh, yeah. Oh yeah! Wow, twice over. Yeah, that's it's good. It was a good yeah, movie. That's, that's not what I would have expected. Uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that sometimes we think that Disney is just a successful company, but when you're researching it, <laughs> a lot it had a lot of failures, like a lot. And to this day, they still kind of have trouble meeting deadlines and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen the the Frozen documentary on Disney Plus. I highly recommend Ooh. it. Yeah, um, but they go into like storyboarding and how it's how the whole production is done. But they had like nine months to literally finish the 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 film like from 
almost start to completion. Like that's insane. It's animation. Dang, yeah. <laughs> um, that takes the, time. Yeah. By the time they released the trailer, they weren't even like ten percent complete. It was. It was. Or you know something like that. But it's incredible how, <laughs> you know, they, we read all these success stories about Disney, but we don't really look at the grunge side of it. But I'm that makes me really happy to hear that Hunter Mansion, like the movie, actually made that success. That means there's something behind it that's successful you know um Mm -hmm. yeah another quick little fun fact i have for you before we start wrapping it up is the hidden mickey of course so i don't know about any of the hidden mickeys on the ride i'm sure there are several and i'm sure that i'll never be able to find them on my own i would have to look them up online (laughs) uh but i do know in the movie uh when eddie murphy is like he's running from the the flying instruments you know he first meets madame leodi Leota, sorry. And she like sends the flying instruments at him kind of thing. And he's running away from that in the hallway. All the windows on the doors are in the shape of Mickey. Which of course I didn't notice. And I didn't even notice today when watching it again. But I read about it on the (laughs) interwebs. Specifically IMDB. So a trustworthy source as far as like film goes. Okay, that was going to be my next question. I was like, where are you getting this information? <laughs> yeah, this isn't um, this isn't just some random Reddit thread. Like, this is the real deal. Yeah, don't go to Reddit. <laughs> I think I only know of one hidden Mickey, and it's in the dining room. It's it's the plates. You'll, you'll see it on the ride. Yeah, so they have, like, a big plate and then the little plates for the ears. I think that's the only one that I know of that's in the real park. Oh, nice. But I think that's really well known. I don't know about anywhere else on the ride it's it's pretty dark <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a shit ton around the park but that's cool they it's they like to do easter eggs a lot in, in the disney movies i think especially like just with mickey and they mm-hmm. always like to hide his is it like his head shape or is it like yeah i think it's his, his head shape oh, okay because i feel like the that's full cool. shape would be a bit too obvious. It's easier to sneak in just like the head with the ears than it is to sneak yeah. in like full body Mickey. The full body. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if they put the full body in, I probably wouldn't even recognize it either. But well, and that's just the cinematic magic there, the sleight of the hand. If you're paying yeah, attention that's... to the action, you're not paying attention to the static. Yeah, that's the whole ride <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, mm-hmm. I love all the little effects in there. Um, that just literally breathe it to life you know um much like all the other rides but this one specifically because it's haunted and you know it just it all works and it still works today and i will still look forward to going on that ride (laughs) yes and again when things open we should we gotta definitely plan some disney um (laughs) oh my god do an update (laughs) yes and we'll we'll come back and be like oh my gosh you guys guess what i saw another hidden mickey (laughs) oh my god (laughs) one last question for you and then we'll wrap it up who are you who or what are you gonna dress up as for halloween oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's hard because you know, with, with COVID-19 and all that. But I think for work, I bought this really cool witch hat. So I think I might just go as like a simple witch. I can't really do anything super um, complicated because it's work. But uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, fun fact, I used to... I was Elphaba one time for Halloween, like when I was 13, and I painted my whole... Oh my god, like, did like, you? Like, up... Yeah, I did, all green. And um, 
Did you it know, come off easily? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty, I remember going to an In-N-Out after trick-or-treating and people staring at me and me getting green paint on, on, my, on my burger. <laughs> so that might just be an homage to that, maybe. I won't paint myself green at work because that would be insane. But um, <laughs> I think a witch, most likely. Nice. What about it's you? a classic. I oh man, I there's so many thoughts running through my head right now. As of today, which as we're recording this is early or not early September is late September. Yeah. Uh. Um, so we still got time. I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts going through my head, and I mean, yeah, it's quarantine, so I'm still kind of at home, unemployed, yeah. just writing and and recording. Uh, but I do want to dress mm-hmm. up. I have a lightsaber, so I should probably go as someone from Star Wars because I have like a good lightsaber. But who knows? Yeah. No, it's it's uncertain times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. For sure. Even oh, if I awesome. just dress up and sit on my couch all day, I'm gonna do it and watch spooky movies, drink spooky drinks, eat spooky foods. <sighs> I love spooky drinks and food. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's the best part. I was talking to somebody um, like last weekend about uh, how I miss like homemade pumpkin stuff, like pumpkin lobes, pumpkin bread. Oh my god. Like so good. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Halloween, but it's, you know I'm gonna be at home, but I'm gonna have a good time doing it at home. (laughs) Hell yeah. So it'll be good. Halloween is not cancelled in our hearts. Yeah. That's what (laughs) it's all about. All right. Well, thank you, Tony. Thank you for being here and providing some insights, talking about gaming. I ugh, we gotta you have a PS4, right? <laughs> I think I already added you. I feel like we haven't played anything yet, but Probably. now that we're in quarantine, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Been in quarantine for almost a full year. <laughs> yeah, and we're just now like, hey, maybe we should game sometimes. Wow, we're bad gamers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and we'll see you next time on probably some future episodes. I think we've already talked about a couple, but if not, I will definitely be asking you for more. I would love to come back on. This was really fun. Um, thanks for having me. Anytime, man. And that's a wrap. If you enjoyed this week's episode, we'd appreciate if you'd follow the show on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you're listening from. You can also find exclusive episode release schedules and more on our Instagram, Flip the Script with Kim. Thank you for your time, and we hope you'll tune in for next week's episode. Peace out.